two, one. Welcome to the Ecclesia Podcast. I am so excited that you guys are here today, and I hope you are having a great day, and I hope that this podcast can make it even better. So, I'm going to jump right into it with a single question that I want to ask all of you today. How many of you asked a lot of questions growing up? Now, growing up, I would always struggle with trying to figure out what was happening around me. Most of the time, I feel like I was lost or didn't understand what people were talking about. I would constantly ask questions to my dad on what was going on, or if I didn't understand something, I would want him to explain it to me. Most of the time, I feel like he would explain it to me, but I feel like a lot of the time my dad just wanted to tell me to be quiet because he was just so sick of all the questions I was asking. An example of this is when I first got into sports. And I was watching sports with my dad growing up and I would just, I would ask him what was going on in this game? Like what was happening in that play? Or why did the ref blow the whistle there? Or how do you play the game in general? And I feel like my dad just wanted to ignore all these questions and just watch the game. And I don't know, maybe you can't relate to asking questions about sports, but I feel like you can relate to asking questions about something that you didn't understand, but you wanted to. And I feel like this can be related to all of us because as children, we just want to know why. We're always asking why, why, why. And it's because we don't understand things. We are still trying to understand the world in so many ways, and we want answers. I don't know about any of you, but when something happens in my life that I don't understand, or if God is leading me down a path that I just can't see the end to, I instantly look to God and say, why? Why would you do this? I don't understand. Please help me. Explain to me what you are doing. And to be honest, something that we have to understand is everything will be revealed to us in God's time and not our own. And that can get really frustrating sometimes. I don't think any of us should feel bad about not understanding something, though. I don't think we need to feel bad about wanting answers. And in fact, we see it all over the Bible. We see God using people to further his kingdom, but at the time has not revealed to them the big picture. An example of this in the Bible is Saul and Ananias in Acts 9. And I would just like to say this. This is a great example of understanding God's plan may not be revealed in our time, but when it is said and finished, we're going to look back on what he did through us and say, wow, when did that happen? So here's Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. 
Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. The Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. What we see here is two people who are being told what to do by God. And honestly, if I was in either one of their shoes, I would be doubting. Or I would be trying to understand the big picture that God is trying to create. Imagine if you were Saul, you had just lost your vision, and now God is telling you, go into the city, and then he'll give you instructions on what to do. Think about this. He was blind for three whole days. If all of a sudden I became blind, I would be freaking out and eventually give up all hope after like three hours, let alone three days. I don't know what Saul was thinking, but I have to imagine that he had some doubts trying to figure out what God was going to do through him. That had to be difficult. And remember this, he was someone who killed and persecuted Christians and was very well known from doing just that. Keep in mind just two chapters before we see a young Saul watching the stoning of Stephen and it even says in chapter 8 verse 1 of Acts that Saul approved of killing him. Yet through all of it, Saul had faith and trusted that Jesus would help heal him. Think about the incredible path God laid out before him. At the time, I don't think Saul knew that God was going to change his name to Paul and completely change his life forever. He went from killing followers of Jesus to convincing people to follow Jesus, which was still considered a crime in that day. Paul eventually even died for proclaiming the words of Jesus. This was a complete 180, and it's because Paul trusted in God's plan even when he literally could not see. And on the other side of this story is Ananias. And if I was him and the Lord just started talking to me, you would think that I would just listen to whatever he had to say and just do it. But I gotta be honest. If what he was telling me to do was to help someone who was known for killing and imprisoning Christians from that time, and on top of all that was coming to do the same thing to me, it would be really hard to follow God's plan. And honestly, it would be really hard to not have doubts about it. I mean, if it were me in Ananias' shoes, I would probably be saying to God, yeah, let's not give the guy who's coming here to imprison me his sight back. It seems like a bad idea. And... 
we can even see that Ananias, someone who God is using in an incredible way here, was unsure about God's plan. But then God tells Ananias something that possibly could have confused him even more. In verse 15 and 16, it says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must, he must suffer for my name. And again, maybe Ananias was confused here. I mean, you're telling me that God wants to use Saul, the person who kills Christians as his chosen speaker to proclaim his name? I mean, are we even talking about the same Saul here? But look at what Ananias did in verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. You see what it says there? Ananias went. Sure, he was probably scared, but he obeyed God, not knowing what the future was going to hold for him. But he knew that God, the God of the universe, had a plan. And look at what God did through him that helped Saul and helped the plan. Again, Saul changed his name to Paul and became one of the most influential leaders of the new church. Both Paul and Ananias trusted in God even when the path God was laying before them had not been revealed to them yet. So what can we learn from Paul and Ananias in Acts 9? I think the big thing is that God does not reveal everything when it's convenient for us. The only instruction God gave to Paul was to get up and go. And that's what Paul did, and that's what we need to do. And when we do that, God is going to reveal things when it's his time to reveal it. And if you follow what he says, you will be looking back on a path in amazement of what God has done through you. Something that I hear and say a lot is God is creating a beautiful picture with the things he's doing through us. And while we may just see one piece of the puzzle, God sees the whole thing. And that's what we need to be reminded of always. When we see what we're doing right now and we stop to try and see the whole picture and it does not make sense to us, we need to be reminded that sometimes we're not seeing everything God sees. And then we need to look ahead and focus on the things God has laid before us. Keep your eyes focused on what God wants you to do right now. And remember, even through the unrevealed, God will form what you do for him into a beautiful masterpiece. This has been the Ecclesia Podcast, signing off.